This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 242. Coming up with your best stories is a question of knowing your audience, what you're trying to achieve, what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a service provider like a coach or other kind of service provider, how do you help create that transformation and sharing a story of how someone was able to go from point A to point B or Z? You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's an even bigger transformation. And again, that allows the listener, the viewer, whatever format, the reader, someone is experiencing the story in to put themselves in the story and relate to it. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the show. Today, we are going to be diving into the power of storytelling. We all know that human beings connect with story, we learn from story, we engage with story, and how challenged are you in thinking about what the heck story do I have to share? That is exactly what we're going to be diving in today with our guest, Jane Tabachnik, and I'll get more to that in just a minute. But I want to welcome you and introduce myself if you have not yet met me. I'm Meg Rentschler. I am an executive and mentor coach. And ultimately, what I do and what I'm passionate about is getting more coaching into the world because I believe that it is life-changing. So therefore, I want to help coaches build their confidence and their competence in a way that allows them to engage with their clients, to build the businesses that they need and want to have to be able to bring their coaching into the world. And I'm also a huge believer that Coaching can change organizations, can help organizations be healthier workplaces to help leaders feel more confident. And I spend a lot of time and energy because I love teaching leaders how to use coaching in their leadership to empower their people to communicate more effectively, to feel more confident in their own leadership skills, and to change organizations, to ultimately meet their goals better because everybody is contributing on a more engaged level because we care about who the human beings are. So that's what I do and that's who I am. And part of that journey is this very show, creating the Star Coach Show so that we can focus on ways for coaches to develop their skills and keep that saw sharp, to build businesses that allow you to bring your coaching to the world and to focus on leadership and coaching in organizations because that's my passion. That's why I transitioned from therapy into coaching over 13 years ago to really bring these concepts of people being whole, resourceful, and creative into the world. 
So part of that is when we've decided that this is what we want to do, how do we ultimately engage with the people that we want to serve? And one way to do that is through storytelling. Storytelling super powerful. So my guest today is Jane Debachnik, and she's an award-winning digital public relations and content marketing strategist and mentor. She is also the founder of Simply Good Press, which is a book publishing firm. And with that, we tell stories through our books. And Jane works with change makers like each one of you to help them create a greater vision, greater visibility, and buzz around what they do, which then helps them attract and get more clients on board with them. Jane was named one of the top 100 people online by Fast Company, and she has been featured in numerous places. You'll hear in her story today that she's a former fashion designer. She's also an adjunct professor at the Fashion Institute in New York City. She brings her story to us and we zero in on how do you tell a good story and how do you pick the stories that are really going to resonate with your clients. So with that, let's introduce you to Jane Tabachnik. Jane, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I have been looking forward to our interview. I'm so excited to be here, Meg. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about really important, sort of fundamental pieces when we think about connecting with others and bringing forward story. And we're going to get into all of that. And I'd really like to start with your story. So what has led you to do the work that you do now? And we all have these interesting paths. So can you share a little bit about your path with us? Yeah. So I'm actually a recovering fashion designer. That was my first career. And I thought I was doing great design work. And I really was excited about sharing my designs, but I couldn't get anyone to see the designs. This is before the internet. So let's just set that frame. And I realized that I needed some press visibility. And so I started trying to do some press for myself and it was falling flat. And then I thought, let me tell a story. Let me turn this into a story that will engage the media. It's not just the designs, but the whole story behind it. And everything clicked. And it made such a difference. The doors open. I mean, it's almost like you cue the music. Yeah, you know, the, the skies open, the angels exactly. sing. Yes. I know it sounds crazy and cliche, but it's so true. You know, the same buyers who wouldn't take my call. Now, if they weren't calling me when I called, they said, oh, we've been looking forward to seeing your collection. We've been hearing about you. Boom. Game changer. Absolutely. All built on getting your story out. Exactly. And telling it, it wasn't so much my story, but a story that, yes, it came from me, but that was a story that engaged the audience. It was about them and something they could relate to. And that's part of the key. The successful stories are ones that involve you or your clients and are relatable for your audience. They can see themselves in the story. Excellent. So you're no longer a fashion designer. Exactly. What did you do with that experience that led you to do what you do today? Yeah. So I had a fabulous career in the fashion industry, both having my own collection 
collections and working for other designers. But there came a point where I realized it wasn't bringing me joy. I was kind of burned out and it was time for a change. And I took stock of what I had done and what I thought I was good at and what I enjoyed. And the two points there where everything came together in the sweet spot was the storytelling, the visibility and marketing piece. So I set out to do that. And shortly after I left the fashion industry to do that, I discovered the internet. So at first I started out kind of geeky tech-based, building websites, helping clients get started with their email newsletters. But what kept coming up was great. They had a beautiful website, but people needed to see it. So now we needed to get them the visibility between SEO, search engine optimization, and PR. So it kept coming back to that visibility was really a key piece of sharing your story in a compelling way to get visible in front of more people to engage them and to connect with them. Which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. So how timely is that? When we think about that concept of zeroing in on the stories that mean the most to your audience and that engage. First of all, let's maybe back into what is it about stories that are so compelling? So according to scientists, and I'm not one, but my understanding is that our brains are actually wired for stories and we remember them better. And just as a funny example, when I was a kid, I was a decent student, but I couldn't remember facts and data. But if my teacher had told me a story about the king having a girlfriend or (laughs) something juicy like that, it stuck with me. Now, unfortunately, on the test, they never asked for the information. Remember the story about the king and the girlfriend? Was it A, B, C, or D? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So those stuck with me and that was impressive. And so while data can be useful in our stories, they can, especially working with the media, it can be useful. It's the human interest component that we all love and crave. And if you think back to uh, so many points in history from the caves at Lascaux, you know, the cave drawings to Egypt, ancient Egypt, they told stories in their, on the sarcophagi, in the pyramids. So there's been a whole history of capturing stories and telling stories both on cave walls and in monuments like that, but also oral storytelling has been a big tradition if you think of Native American. Americans. And there's actually a a Hopi proverb that says, he who tells the best stories rules the world. Isn't that true? So how do we go about zeroing in on the best stories? Yeah, I think that coming up with your best stories is a question of knowing your audience, what you're trying to achieve, what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a service provider, like a coach or other kind of service provider, how Do you help create that transformation and sharing a story of how someone was able to go from point A, B, or Z, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's an even bigger transformation. And again, that allows the listener, the viewer, whatever format, the reader, someone is experiencing the story in to put themselves in the story and relate to it. And it's not about the technical. Yes, we built them a funnel and we did this. It's not people glaze over for a lot of those details. So it's about 
the human side of my client was frustrated. They had this challenge. We helped them see the bigger picture, take action steps, create goals, whatever the story is, and then the results and what it felt like. And involving as many senses as possible is really incredible. It just gives a story that much more complexity and deliciousness. Yeah, some texture to it. Texture, exactly. So one of the things, you know how you get messages again and again, like and all of a sudden you start hearing the same message. So in my life, the message that I have heard sort of nonstop over the last couple of weeks is teach what you've gone through and show how to get to the other side. If your market is in alignment with you, I mean, you know, obviously you wouldn't teach what you've gone through if if your target market isn't going to go through a similar issue. But what are your thoughts about bringing some of your own struggle or your own figuring it out and creating story around that? I think it's such a great way to go because again, it makes you relatable and it also is very authentic and real. Look, We can become experts in something and teach it if we've never gone through it. But over the years, as someone who's struggled with my weight, having someone who looks like they've never been an ounce overweight in their life tell me, oh, it's easy. Just stop eating bread and cake. It's really frustrating. And if they haven't gone through it, you know, it is just harder in our minds. And it doesn't mean it's Mm -hmm. true, but one can question whether they're really as empathetic or they can really relate. Right. So if you have walked through or even audience, if you're in a place of still walking through, but maybe you're a couple steps ahead where that you have some learning to give, you have some experience to give, that's going to be very relatable to your audience and not me, 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 but you know, here's this struggle and here's some of the things I've thought about and here's some of the things that I tried and here's some of the transformation I experienced, even if I'm not transformed and the skies haven't opened and the angels haven't sung yet. That's very relatable. And yet we want to make our audience really feel like they're part of the story. So what are some other ways to weave that in? Yeah. So Anne Handley, who runs the Content Marketing Institute, says, make the customer the hero of your story. And this is actually a great technique because sometimes we're not as comfortable talking about ourselves. We feel maybe we're being self-promotional or braggy. So by talking about, with permission, of course, how a client has had a transformation Mm -hmm. or a client success story, clearly it reflects back on you that you've been the catalyst or the the coach behind it. So it's a win-win because you're telling someone else's story. So it's beautiful because there's third-party credibility in that. It's like a case study. Mm -hmm. You're removing yourself from being in the spotlight for the most part. You're on the side of the spotlight there. And it's real world saying, look, I've done this. I've helped someone move through this challenge or move to the next level, which was a goal of theirs. You know, maybe it wasn't as much a problem as just a goal that they were looking to attain that you were able to help them with. So that can really be wonderful to use that third party story in that way. Right. So good. So let's shift perspective just a little bit and think about 
some of our audience, maybe many of of you listening, might be in the place of doing some speaking and doing some engaging with your audience through public speaking. Maybe these days it's over Zoom, but in general, someday you're going to be in front of an audience again. And, you know, we hear again and again, we want to weave really powerful stories into public speaking, into, and we might pull things from our past or from, you know, because we want that maybe they're humorous or maybe they're inspiring or maybe they're tear jerking. So any tidbits or tips on how one would even begin to maybe inventory what they have in their life or like, I know we all have a plethora of stories in our life. How do we, how do we kind of tune into the stories that we have? I think we all know the stories we have that get a reaction. Like we know there's a story we have that everybody laughs at. or Everyone is like shocked, like, no, that can't be real. You know, so I think we all know the ones that have high impact, but there can also be smaller ones that we have that maybe we've forgotten about. So we can ask the people close to us, like, what's a story that I've shared with you or something you know about me you think would make a good story and go with that. Oh, I like that idea of asking those people that you, you know, it's, I think often we feel like we have to, we just have to create everything ourselves. And, And you've got people who are impacted, inspired by you or think you're funny or that like, I love that idea, Jane, of do it, get curious, start asking people around you, what really made an impact of a story that I told or something. I remember once I was in a training, I was in a training for doing critical incident debriefing. So like we were going to go into companies and, and help. This was back when I was a therapist and, and, you know, when bad things happen, people come in and help counsel the people. And I don't know why the instructor asked this, but she asked for our most embarrassing story ever. So I shared mine, which I think is quite funny. And the long and the short of it is I was leaving a restaurant. I was rushing. I had a mint in my mouth. And as I was rushing, I hit one of the tables in the middle with my leg. And I turned to say, oh, I'm so sorry. And as I said, I'm so sorry, the mint came out of my mouth. And it was just, woo, woo. You could see it just twirling in the air. It was all slow motion. And I said, oh my God, my mint, to which my my uh, friend who was in front of me turned and and, and she saw it happening and it, it landed like in the middle of this man's arms that were sitting on the table. And I plucked up the mint and we dashed for the door <laughs> and we're laughing so hard we couldn't make it out of the lobby because we were just what do you call it when you're just gobsmacked yeah exactly exactly so the long and the short of it is you know that now whether that story could bring any value anywhere I don't know but it so horrified my instructor that I thought oh maybe I should never tell that story again but I just said it to the audience so I mean so we've got funny stories like that that I don't know bring any value and then we have stories that that in fact you know might create the additional learning that we want to bring forward. Yeah, I think that telling stories like that, I mean, you have to select, you have to know your audience and you have to be, you might want to test that out on one or two people before you do that. You're a keynote at a conference or whatever the scenario is, you know, just make sure it's, it's going to land right and, and have the effect you want, but it can really humanize us and make us approachable. So, you know, when we do 
public speaking, most of us, if it's on Zoom, it's from the waist up. But if it's in person, it's, you know, head to toe. We put on our best outfit and we get all jazzed up and, and that's great. But sometimes that puts a layer between us and especially the better you look in a way, the more people think you're perfect and you're not approachable. And that's not how most of us want to be. Yes, we want to look our best. But so by telling a story of how, you know, you trip on someone and I, you know, I've got some great ones myself, you humanize it and everyone laughs with you and thinks, oh yeah, she is like me and she is human. She just maybe is better getting dressed or has a better stylist, you know, whatever. Oh, good. So what else might we want to think about when we're choosing the kinds of stories to bring forward? So if you're now, I don't look at peak uh, speaking as a way to pitch, but it is kind of an audition. You're in front of potential prospects. And so telling a story that gives an idea of what you do, who you serve, the problems you can solve, the transformation that you can create is really valuable. So being very selective about those stories with the intention to share that information without making a sales pitch is really perfect. It's mm-hmm. it's the best way to go. So, you know, if I were to say, I'm so excited, I just wrapped up a two and a half year project with my ideal client. She is a CEO of a company and she just published her first book. It was a dream of hers. So what did I just tell you? My ideal client, what the profile is, what kind of work we did together. And I could have told a little bit more about it. Now that doesn't sound, I don't think like saying, hey, my company publishes books and we work with the best people. You could say that, but Doesn't it sound better to kind of share Exactly. So if you say, I'm so excited for one of my clients, this is what she was able to do during the pandemic. Isn't that amazing? There are so many lessons that I've learned from her, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. You can share so much by just being selective in your storytelling. And of course, you want to have the permission again of the person or disguise it enough that you can use the information without giving away any details that are proprietary or the person doesn't want shared. Absolutely. So you talked about the fact that maybe we share our stories or we share our impact through written, through a book. And that's what your company does. What other, you know, as we think about storytelling, as we think about transformation. How can one use a book to do something like that? Well, a book is such a great way, whether you author an entire book or you author a chapter of a book, it gives you a chance to tell your story or to tell your stories. And also parts of a book can include the foreword, why I wrote this book about the author. So there are a number of different places where you can share your story, your point of view, and how you want to reach people. But the other great thing about a book is it's really one of the ultimate positioning tools that you can have. Writing a book on any topic creates instant expert status. So if you were to say to me, I have a book on gardening on Amazon, I would immediately know that you're a gardening expert. I wouldn't need to look at the book. I wouldn't need to see how many reviews it has. Wow, that's really impressive. And it has so many other benefits. You know, I I call it the thud factor. So if if you were at an in-person networking event or an event and you handed someone a business card, they might throw it away on the way out. They might throw it away at home or it would just go into the pile on their desk that never gets touched. But if you were to hand them a copy of your book or if you were to sign it to them right then and there in person, 
They will not forget you. And even if they never read the book, it will sit on their desk. They will look at it from time to time and they will think of you mm-hmm. and it will have positioned you as that expert. And they will think of you in a different way than someone who just handed them the business card. So I know that we weren't per se zeroing in on this, but I'd love for you to give maybe for somebody out there listening and thinking, yeah, I want, I want a book as a business card kind of thing. Like what, if they're just in that place of contemplating writing a book, what are some things that they should contemplate or that would be helpful with that? Yeah. So I think the most important thing is what results do you want to have happen as a result of becoming an author? And the answer should not be, I want to sell a million books. I want to make money from writing a book. I'm here to tell you, if you haven't heard this before, but this is really important, you're probably not going to make more than pocket change from the sale of your book. Now, there are many, many opportunities that you can monetize as a result of writing a book. You can get more speaking opportunities. You can be on more podcasts. You can get more publicity. And all that can turn into opportunities that you can monetize. Yeah, but it's not that you, unless you're J.K. Rowling uh, or, exactly. or James Patterson or something, the reality is it's it's more of a way to get your knowledge out there and then to leverage that in, in aspects of your business. Exactly. I actually have a friend who wrote a book and it ended up being each chapter she used as, as a program that she brought into organizations. So, you know, she has the book, she has the credibility of writing. She actually has several books, but one of her book became a program that not only she used in organizations, but other people would buy her book to use in organizations. And she didn't even realize that when she wrote it, she said she realized later. So there's lots of different ways to do that. When we think about increasing our visibility, whether it's through stories, whether it's through book or speaking, I just am because I know you've been out there a long time. You've helped so many people get in the spotlight. What what other tidbit might you want to share? Yeah, so I think it's really important to keep in mind what who your audience is and where they spend their time and really what matters to them. And that sounds kind of, oh, sure, I know that. But really, have you asked your audience what podcasts they listen to, what publications they read, what clubhouse rooms they go to? That's the newest, you know. So really, and asking them that maybe every once a year, every six months, just, and you don't have to ask a thousand people, ask five people, ask five of your ideal prospects or customers Where are they spending their time? Who are they listening to? Who are they following? What interests them? Yeah. What interests them? Because it can change a little bit. And even that small change can make a difference. But knowing that means that you now know where you should be spending your time, what kind of content they want to be consuming. And I'm not saying there's a one size fits all. I'm not saying your entire audience is going to listen to podcasts. There'll be some segment that does and some that prefer to read and maybe a smaller segment that prefers video or some combination like that. It's not a one size fits all, but having that information is really valuable because we can't be on every platform telling our story and doing a good job of it. So it's better to be on, say, two platforms or three platforms where your audience is really spending time 
and putting your content there. And it can be the same content that's just repurposed into different formats. A blog post can be turned into a video. It can be the subject for a podcast interview or flip the other way, do the podcast interview, turn it into a video, turn it into a blog post. So it can be one story or a couple of stories that you're retelling in different formats. So good. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. Repurpose that content. Exactly. So I am just curious if you would give you, you know, you said at the top of the interview that you created a story around your your fashion line and that that created buzz for you. And I just wonder if you'd be willing to share how you did that, because I think it would be a great way to kind of close out our time together and give a concrete example of, yes, chances are we don't have a lot of fashion designers listening, but we sure. do have entrepreneurs. And if we could just kind of walk through what was happening up here and what, how you created that, I think that would be fun. Yeah. So uh, the collection that I created the story around was a collect, a sportswear collection for women that was made out of linen. And I had solid color linen and I had a cotton fabric, which was woven in uh, it's a dyeing and weaving technique called ECAT. It creates kind of an irregular pattern. I happen to really love ECATs. And so the ECAT kind of represented my life. I was, you know, before Sex in the City, I was kind of like this single New York City gal. And my friends thought my life was fascinating because a lot of them had settled down already. And so I started joking that they could buy tickets to my life because <laughs> they asked, <laughs> and who are you dating this week? And what shoes are you buying? You know, so they were living vicariously through you. Yes. They, they were. And, and so the ECAD to me was kind of really what the life really was, not what the perception of it was, because it, it's kind of like an up and down sort of pattern. And that's how it was, you know, and as an entrepreneur, anyone listening can relate it as a human. I think you can relate. You have days you wake up, you're excited, you're energized, and then you get an email, a client, ask you for something, or they're not happy about something, or some little thing triggers you, and then you're down the slope of the day is not so great. And then, you know, you get a call, your client loves you, you're back up. And, you know, it's kind of this up and down, like the ECAT pattern. So that was a story that I told that the pattern was kind of like my life, even though it appeared to be this glossy, shiny fabric, it really was like this little weaving pattern that it had its ups and downs, the highs, the lows, the in-between. And it in together, it made this beautiful pattern. But in the individual moments, like the freeze frame we were talking about just a moment ago, when you get caught on video with that funny expression, when the video freezes, that's not how you are, but that's one in the movie, you know, right. one, one small frame. So the story was really about my life as the fabric being a mirror of each other. And that was a lot more interesting than, hey, I've got linens and e-cats, have a look. Right. So once you created that story, who, how did you get it to get some traction? How did you get people to pay attention to that? (laughs) You know, it was a bit of trial and error. So this was pre-internet. So I wrote a press release. I did a little studying about PR, wrote a press release. I sent it out to some of the to the media. And I had a a buying office at the time I was working with, and they sent the press release out to a few of their media contacts. And then it started getting a little bit of traction. 
Excellent. And these days, if you were to do something like that, people, you know, you might begin to post about it, create a story about it on, on those platforms that Jane was talking about. I mean, we, we're not going to use every single, maybe you open a clubhouse room and you begin to share your story there and invite invite people. And so you've got ways now, I mean, and we've had shows about this that were really kind of as, as much as social media can have its stickies and its kind of discomforts, it definitely is a gift because we can get in front of people across the world that we certainly couldn't have 20 years ago. Exactly. And then, you know, you get to see if a story, the way that you share it takes on life because you'll start to see comments, not just likes, but but and likes are great, not to say right. likes and shares aren't, but when you actually get the comments and you start to pick up some traction and then the algorithm kicks in to let other people know they should have a right. look. And encourage people, ask people in exactly. your story, what are your thoughts about this? Or ask a very specific question that encourages them to engage and get your stories out there. Jane, exactly. Excellent. How can people connect with you and learn more about what you do? Yeah. So the best way is if you go to my website at simplygoodpress.com and I have a visibility assessment there, which is really fun. If you take it, it will give you an idea of how you're doing, not in a critical kind of way, but just, hey, this is a snapshot of where you are right now. And here are some opportunities you might want to take advantage of that could get you more visibility. So good. Once more, that is simply goodpress.com. All right. Excellent. And that link will be in the show notes for this episode. Jane, thanks for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having me, Meg. So now I hope all your stories are swirling in your head and you're capturing them and thinking about ways to bring those stories forward. I also shared some tips in my Facebook Live on Friday the 18th about ways to capture those ideas and then build them into stories. So if you miss that, you might go to Star Coach Show Facebook page and catch the Facebook Live where I shared some ideas about bringing your story forward through snippets of information. Now, if you'd like to know more about Jane and the work that she does, go to starcoachshow.com slash 242 so that you can get all the information about Jane and the work that she does. I invite you to join me next week when I am introducing you to Lisbeth Wesley Casella. We had such a good conversation about the tools and systems we need to get in place so that we have a strong foundational business and we're not building our business on sand. So we really talked about client systems, standards of practice for our business. That might sound like, oh, Meg, I don't want to do that. But very truthfully, Lisbeth shared great information and is so much fun to spend time with that you're going to love the interview. So please come back next week and learn all about this valuable content. Now, before we go today, I just want to give a shout out to my new group of coaches who have just engaged in the Star Coaching Lab. And I just got to tell you, they jumped in with both feet 
we got right into some solid coaching practice. They gave such valuable coaching to one another, accepted feedback with grace and gratitude, and were so engaged with one another that I just have to say, way to go, coaches. It was awesome to spend time with you. I'm excited to work with you over the next three months and am just in awe that you brought 110% to our very first meeting. So thank you for that. If you would like to join me in Facebook Lives, I am on the Star Coach Facebook page every Wednesday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central. If you can't come, but you want to have a question answered, just shoot me a note at meg at a focus on results.com. I'll answer your question and you can pick up the recording whenever you're available. If you can join us live, please do so. Would love to have you there. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very, very best for your coaching success and every success. We'll see you next week.